Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. You can also listen to episodes on our church YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in. And today I have the privilege of being joined by Evangeline Franson. And uh, Evangeline, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for asking. It's great to have you. And Evangeline is uh, with Operation Christmas Child and... uh, National Collection Week for Operation Christmas Child actually kicks off tomorrow, November 14th through the 21st, and Evangeline um, is here to share her testimony, and she was the recipient of a shoebox, and uh, we call that full circle speaker. Evangeline, just start out by telling us a little bit about where you're from and a little bit about how you grew up. Yes, thank you. Um, so my name is Evangeline Franson. I grew up in uh, Cebu, Philippines. Um, I grew up in a family where Christ was not known, um, where faith is not part of our conversation at all. And um, I remember my mom would say, like, we're Roman Catholic, but then I do not remember um, going to church with my mom or my parents, sadly. And um, since my parents um, married at a very young age, so my older brother and I ended up staying with our grandparents while um, both of our parents are um, looking for jobs in the city to provide for us. And fortunately, when I was six years old, um, my grandparents passed away and um, our parents took us back and they decided to have more children. And so that's why my younger sister and I, we have this um, 10 years gap of age, um, which I'm thankful at the same time. And sometimes I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know what's going on. But um, yeah, and um, when I was in um, third grade, my dad became an alcoholic and a drug addict. And um, sometimes he would come home, he would not come home. And barely see him um, during those times. And um, around the same time, the government and the island where I grew up um, decided to make this huge um, lot uh, close to my parents' house, a dump site, where all the waste materials and the factories, big resorts nearby, would dump in that dump site. And so um, the cleanliness and the greenery of the place I grew up um, disappeared in a matter of days and months, weeks even. And then, so when my dad doesn't come home, uh, my mom left with, at that time, four children to raise on her own. And so um, the dump site actually become our source of income. And so my older brother and my mom um, would go to the dump site to uh, find things that they can sell like cardboard boxes, uh, bottles, cans, metals, whatever you name it, um, they uh, they find it and to hoping to sell to um, buy some food uh, for us. Um, one of the things I also remember, my mom would be doing laundry for other people, 
Um, she would go to um, wet market. I call it wet market because here it's farmer's market, but you guys don't have fish. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so she would go to wet market and help um, a fish b- vendor um, to sell fish. And so she can get some money from it and, you know, buy food for us. I just remember uh, not just one, but many times when we don't have food around dinner, uh, my mom would just ask us to go to bed. Um, hoping that a rumbling stomach would stop asking for food. You know, as a mom right now, um, I just can't imagine telling my children that I have two kids um, to go to bed hungry. Um, That's just probably, you know, my mom's a strong person, so it's probably really hard for her to just told Mm -hmm. us to go to bed hungry and hoping the next day food show up in our table, but right. we're doing the same thing the next day and the next day and after the next day. So one thing I also remember, um, when someone gets sick in the family, my mom would just use vinegar and hot water. And um, somehow it works because I'm still here alive. Um, I used to get sick a lot as a kid. So God is gracious and God is good. And, um, you know, as we were struggling, um, God did not uh, forget me and my family. So when I was 13 years old, and my sister, my younger sister, who's 10 years younger than me, um, she was three at that time, um, she would sneak out from the house every Saturday. And so my parents' house is very close to the dump site. So when my mom and my older brother go to the dump site, and my sister disappear, I always worry that my mom come back from the dump site and we could not find my sister, so I would be in trouble. So I would always look for my sister, and I would always find her in this small church by the dump site where they do feeding program every Saturday. Um, they would teach kids Bible stories, uh, teach them how to pray, teach them songs about God. And so at first, I was very hesitant about it because who would want to go to a place that's dirty and smoke coming out black and you know you just don't want to be there and I thought there were scammers at first because you're feeding the kids for free you know I just could not imagine doing that and so um again God is amazing God um I was hesitant at first but later on I would also be attending to the feeding program because the neighbor who cooks the food for the children invited me to help her and um, I was really hesitant at first, again, because I was like, why would I do that? I don't want to do it. And then she keeps asking me and asking me. And so I finally give in. And um, three things in my head when I finally said yes to her. First, so she would stop asking me because it kind of gets annoying. Second, um, my younger brother and my younger sister would be there anyway, so might as well do it. And then third, free food because... You know, I was hoping if I help, then I get to eat for free right. as well. Um, so that was my thought. But then God's yeah. amazing God. So through that, I get to know the pastor in that church. And a um, few months after helping them, he invited me to um, go to a youth camp. And um, I'm glad I went. Because that's where I received the Lord as Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And um, it did not stop there. Um, Christmas came that same year. Um, Operation Christmas Child came to my neighborhood. 
And um, years ago, many, many years ago, didn't have the colorful shoe boxes that we have now to pack the shoe box. It was basically shoe box right. that people find and look forward to pack their shoe box gift. And so um, when I... Uh, when Operation Christmas Child came to my neighborhood, they asked all the children to go in line. They asked the names of the kids and their ages. So everybody's so excited that, you know, when we were in line, I was just so giddy about it because I know it was like something for us. And uh, when it was our turn to tell them our names and our ages, I told them my sister's name and, and age and then my younger brother at that time. Then it was my turn. And then if you know few Filipinos in your life, um, you know, you're seeing me now, mm-hmm. I'm tall for a Filipino. And so when I told them my name and my age, they did not believe that I was 13 years old. So they're like, there's no way you're 13. There's no way you're 13. I'm carrying two toddlers at this time. Yeah. So they're like, no, you're not 13. I said, I'm 13. I'm like literally arguing kind of to them. And so, no, sorry, you're not 13. So they did not put me in the list. Oh. And so I was about to go. And they, one of them called me and he said, oh, by the way, before you go, could you help us distribute the shoe boxes to the kids? And I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, that's fine. And so as they were calling the kids' name to receive the shoe box before I handed out to them, I would shake them. And I would smell them. You know, the Irish spring soap yeah. smell? Yeah. That was the smell. It just smelled so fresh and clean and different from the dump site that we smell every single day. And so I kept doing the same thing. Shake them, smell them, give it to the kids. Shake them and smell them, yeah. give it to the kids. And I look back and the pal just getting lesser and lesser every time. And so... I know at that moment that I'm not part of the list to receive the gift. So I prayed to God. I asked him, um, I only need one of this. I don't need a million or 20. I just need one. And I keep looking back uh, behind me. And again, the box just kept getting lesser and lesser, the boxes. And um, there was just glimpse in my heart, hoping to receive my own and Thankfully, towards the end of the distribution, a lady came up to me, tapped me on my shoulder, and handed me my own shoebox. Wow. And it was so amazing that I regret not thanking her. Um, I was so excited to open my shoebox. Um, when I opened my box, there were school supplies that wow. I used at school year for school. And um, I do believe that the people who packed that shoe box um, prayed over um, that box to be received by the right child. And that was me, um, a 13-year-old girl who never received a gift. And that was so special to me because that was the same year I received the Lord as my Lord and Savior. And it just solidified my relationship with the Heavenly Father and I know that he would never leave me nor forsake me. And I just felt so loved. I felt, you know, it was just amazing to receive a gift. Did not receive anything from, even from my own parents. So, yeah, that was so special to me. I mean, that's one of the neatest things about Operation Christmas Child is that a lot of times 
the kids receiving these shoeboxes like yourself have never received any gifts in their life and might be the only time they receive a yes, gift. Absolutely. And also, it gives the hope of Christ, mm-hmm. not just to the kids, but also to the families. Yeah. You were talking about getting school supplies in the shoebox. If you'd like to share about some of the other items that you received and uh, just the impact that they had. Yeah, so um, when I opened my box, um, I believe that if it's a younger child received the gifts, they would not enjoy it because most of the um, items in my box um, was school supplies. It was solely school supplies. And, you know, it's years ago it was so different because they don't have the labels like what we have right. now. There's like two to four, five to right. nine, ten to 14. Right. Years and years ago, they did right. not label the box. It was right. just shoebox and prayed over it right. and, you know, let God, um, right. you know, do his job. But, yeah, yeah school supplies. Um, I remember there were notebooks, um, pencils, right. um, crayons, and um, other notepads. And um, the one that really stood out to me was the pink literary notebook that I thought I could be a writer someday, you right. know, and um, that was so neat. So, yeah. Right. Um, what are, on the topic of different things to pack in a shoebox, what are some good things for somebody that hasn't packed a shoebox yeah. before or isn't familiar with Operation Christmas Child? What are some good things to pack in a shoebox? Yes, that's a good question. So most of the items that people pack in their shoebox, and I suggest to do the same thing, um, school supplies, um, basic needs like toothbrush and um, hand towel, underwear, clothes, um, and do not forget to pack a toy. Um, Some of these children, especially uh, the one that grew up in orphanages around the world, um, you know, they don't have a toy. And so when they receive one that they can call their own, that is so special to them. So um, do not forget to put, we call it a wow item. So um, that is something that um, would really uh, stood out for uh, the children. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like you mentioned, you said used to, they didn't have labels to Mm -hmm. identify, you know, boy or girl or age uh, range, two to four, five to nine, 10 to 14. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, the Lord really had to do a work then to make sure that the box, like you said, if a younger kid had gotten the box you got, they might not have appreciated Mm -hmm. it as much. And so... People that are listening that might be interested in doing that, um, I know here at Church of the Nazarene in Harrisonburg on 1871 Boyers Road, we're actually the central drop-off location here. So you can drop off your boxes, and uh, you can actually go to org slash OCC to find out if there's a drop-off location closer to you than us. And also there's information about you know, what to pack in the shoe box. And uh, also you can even pack a box online now. That's an option if you want to talk about that. Yeah, so when you, um, you know, if you don't, some of us are busy people. And so if you don't have time to uh, pack a box um, in person, you can go to the website. Um, There's a build a box online. And um, those boxes that you pack online or build online, Actually, they would go to hard reach area in the right. world. Um, we call it hard reach because that's where um, Christ is not known and the gospel um, kind of prohibited to 
um, not say the word Christ or God. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it is amazing that um, Operation Christmas Child is doing that and, you know, kind of like giving that um, uh, participation for those um, that cannot pack shoe boxes right. in person. Yeah. And another neat thing you can do online, so the labels where they you put them on and you designate the gender and also the age um you can also track your shoebox as a tracking label so i mean as long as it doesn't go to a area where it's not safe that you know you can actually know where your shoebox went yes absolutely and it's so neat because um i my family and i were in kansas city now and we pack shoeboxes every year as you could imagine we're so involved with this ministry um but yeah a few few years now um it's been a few years, so yeah, we we uh, we track our boxes, and it's amazing. It's so cool to know where our boxes go. Right. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so you shared just a difficult upbringing with losing your grandparents at age six, and then your dad leaving when you were a little bit older, and your mom being a single mom to raise four kids. Just share how the Lord helped get you through that time, and yeah, just how he, you know you talked about him being faithful. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> um, after accepting the Lord and after receiving the shoebox, um, you know, I become a teenager. And, um, you know, when when you say, like, oh, I received the Lord now, and you would think, like, it's the life is to be like rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> it's not. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm so thankful um, because God is faithful. And so... Years after receiving um, shoebox and um, receiving the Lord, I become a youth leader in our small church in the Philippines, and um, God uh, moved me here in the United States through marriage. And um, it's just so incredible um, during these hard times that He's been faithful, and um, you know, it's just I, I can't say enough how thankful I am um, to God because. Had I not experienced, um, you know, circumstances in my life, I would not be thankful as I am right now to God. So, yeah. So, Evangeline, you said you go by Jolene now, and if you'd like to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, when I received the Lord as a 13 years old and, you know, years after that, um, leading to high school, my pastor in the Philippines um, would tease me that I would be an evangelist because okay. evangeline, the meaning is evangelist. Right. And, you know, as a young teenager, I um, it's just a big responsibility. So I thought I'm smart that when I was in high school, I normally go by Jolene, which is using the last two syllables of my name. But... In high school, I thought it was smart that I changed the spelling to Jeline, which is J-E-L-Y-N. And so that's why we introduce myself to people. It gets so hard because <laughs> some people have different, um, um, how to say it. But so I thought I was smart because I really don't want to be an evangelist. And But, you know, God is such a humorous God right. that here I am traveling in different states in America and sharing the gospel and sharing uh, my story. So, yeah, that's how it happened. Right. 
Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and now you're an evangelist for Operation <laughs> Christmas Child. Yes, absolutely. It's, like it's, it's said. so funny. Yeah. 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 The Lord has better plans for us than we have for ourselves. Yes, absolutely. So you mentioned that you came to the U.S. and that you're living in Kansas City mm-hmm. now with your husband and your two kids. So if you'd like to talk about how you met your husband and uh, yeah. just a little bit about um, some of the sharing that you do for Operation Christmas Child. Yeah, so when I met my husband, um, I was in a very, um, you know, like really lows of the lows of my life. And, um, you know, God uh, provided me so many things, including a great husband. And so I was able to introduce um, Christ to him. Um, My pastor in Kansas would say I was missionary, dating missionary. And um, I would be like, well, I take it because, you know, it... Again, God is so faithful that he led me to him, and I was able to introduce and minister Christ to him. And so that was so great. So, And he was baptized in the Philippines by the pastor who baptized me as well. So that was really neat to see. So, yeah, we are in Kansas City. Uh, we are so involved with our church, um, but we do so much for OCC. I traveled uh, for OCC quite a bit, especially now. Um, and then my husband, he helps with um, our church packing. Um, he used to do um, the project leader in our church, and somebody's doing it now. But he's still involved in the ministry. And sometimes, actually, my children and my husband um, travel with me when it's near home um, mm-hmm. if I get an invitation to speak. So, yeah, um, we're so involved in OCC. Uh, what else would you like to share either about your testimony or working with OCC or volunteering in your church? Yeah. So um, I am here. I feel like everywhere I go, I always remind people that um, my story is not about me and it's right. about God. Um, yes. It's God's story and how right. faithful he is and how of a great father he is and he you know he's the father that would never leave you nor forsake you and it is very true in my life and um you know it's just incredible that operation christmas child get to introduce christ to so many children around the world uh by uh, giving them shoe boxes but also um, introducing Christ right. to them um, because they get to um, go to a 12-week discipleship program mm-hmm. after after uh, receiving the shoebox. So that is, I think that is very right. cool that OCC is doing that. Um, we're just not giving toys and right. school supplies and soaps or right. like, you know, um, toothbrush and right. notes to children, but we're also introducing um, Jesus Christ to these kids and to their family because in my family back home, I was the first Christian in my family. And that leads to um, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, and um, my younger siblings, you know, and my husband and my children now. So we're talking about evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication here. And so, and that's the heart of OCC. And so I just want to encourage everybody to pack a shoebox and if you could pack more than one that is amazing um because like me there are so many children around the world that have not received a gift or does not even know the lord so that is uh um you know i I would say every shoebox 
represent a face of a child. And that is one thing that I always remind people and my friends and my family that as we pack the shoebox, um, we need to pray. Right. We need to imagine that, oh, there's some kids out there that's waiting for this shoebox to be received. So, yeah. So Operation Christmas Child isn't just meeting a material need, but also a spiritual need. And you talked about the 12-week discipleship program that kids go through, and that's called The Greatest Journey. So if you want to talk a little bit about what that discipleship program looks like. Yes. So um, I have a very cool story about it. Actually, when I went back home in 2019, my husband and I went home before COVID. (laughs) Um, uh, So I tried to go home every year to see my family. And um, so... My teacher in high school, so everyone back in the Philippines, my friends and my family knew that I traveled for OCC, mm-hmm. share my story, and um, do all this. And so in 2019, when, when my husband and I went home with our children, uh, my teacher in high school invited me to an event. Um, she didn't say what it was. She just uh-huh. said, hey, are you available this Sunday, so-and-so? And could you come? Uh, bring your husband, bring your children, bring whoever wants to come. And so... You know, I did not expect anything less or anything more. We just went, and um, when I got there, they were doing um, the greatest journey, and there were probably good 80 to 100 kids. And as you could imagine, when I saw that, I was bawling because that was full circle for me. Um, Talking about full circle, you know, that was really full circle. And so, um, yeah, the greatest journey, it just, a 12 weeks discipleship program where kids get to know Christ, able to know the Lord. And um, after 12 weeks, they have a graduation, which is pretty cool because some of the kids, especially in orphanages that did not have the privilege to go to school, were able to experience a graduation. And, um, and they get to receive a Bible in their own dialect and their own language and that is, I think that's really yeah. neat. And yeah. um, in the greatest journey, so we're not just, you know, sharing Christ, mm-hmm. but also like sharing hope. But at yes. the same time, OCC also uh, train uh, teachers for the greatest journey. And so we're just not giving um, a volunteer like, okay, this is um, a booklet that you can mm-hmm. teach the children. They train the teachers for the greatest journey so they're able to really um, facilitate the 12 weeks discipleship program properly so i think that's really neat as that's well. cool yeah yeah evangeline thank you uh for sharing with me today and about operation christmas child and your testimony and how shoebox brought hope to your life and now you're giving back, so to speak, to Operation Christmas Child and going and telling people the importance and the impact that the shoebox has, not just because of the items in the shoebox, but the hope that it gives to kids and families. Um, what else would you like to share in closing, maybe that I haven't asked you already or that you haven't shared already? So I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been packing shoeboxes, who's been volunteering in this ministry. Um I know OCC has been packing shoeboxes and sending shoeboxes since 1993 to different areas of the world. And I am one of the so many children that received the gift, and I am passionate about it. And I, in behalf of 
100 million or so children around the world that receive the shoebox. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much um, for um, helping this ministry, for packing shoeboxes, you know, to all the volunteers and to all the staff for Operation Christmas Child. Um, just thank you. It means so much to these kids and... I didn't cry with my testimony, but now I'm crying. Um, it's just, you know, imagining the kids when they receive the gift. It's just that, because I just remember when I received mine, it was really, really, really special. And so, yeah, so right. thank you. And we talked about how you've gone around speaking for Operation Christmas Child. And actually at the time of this recording, I know this will play a couple weeks later, but you're actually in our area speaking to some different schools and some different churches and different things. So thank you for coming to our area and sharing about Operation Christmas Child. And uh, once again, for more information on the nearest drop-off location to you or building a box online or what to pack in your shoebox, you can go to samaritanspurse.org slash OCC. Jolene, I'm just going to say a prayer for you and yes. for your family and for OCC in yeah. closing. Yeah. Lord, I just thank you for uh, Jolene coming today and sharing uh, her testimony and sharing the hope that a simple shoebox can make in somebody's life and a child's life, Lord. And we thank you for the ministry of Operation Christmas Child, and we thank you that uh, you brought uh, Jolene through uh, uh, the church and through uh, that ministry, Lord, and the church near her brought her to Christ, and uh, now she's... uh, volunteers and uh, serves with OCC and goes around and shares her testimony, Lord, and uh, the hope of the ministry, Lord, and just uh, bless her and her husband and her kids, Lord, and uh, thank you for her testimony, and I ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Jolene, thank you again for joining me today on today's broadcast of Hope Talks. It's been great to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. Uh, I pray that today, as you've heard Evangeline or Jolene Franzon's testimony today, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Hope Talks. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe for all the updates and latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg or Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.